Star Wars fans, welcome to another edition of Rule the Galaxy, episode 146. Uh, my name is Nick Shesky. I'm in the pilot seat tonight. One of our regular co-hosts, uh, subbing in for Joe Molinero. And man, we love doing this and that you guys get a chance to jump on here with us. And so welcome to the show. Glad you guys are here. We got a great show planned for this week. Uh, and I'm going to go ahead and get out of the way and introduce some of our great co-hosts that we have. I'll, I'll start with those who have been here before, uh, and we'll introduce our special guest that we have for tonight as well, too. Uh, but if you're watching on YouTube, in my upper right corner, uh, Mr. Sam Caldwell, back from the dead. He's got a little baby boy here. Uh, and Sam, how the heck are you, brother? I'm, I'm good, Nick. Thanks. Uh, just rolling off a, a couple of days of not as much sleep as maybe we would have liked, uh, but, but starting to get back to normal here. So I'm doing great. Kenobi's We're done. We're just, we're living right now. Word on the street is that you named your boy Luke off of a certain Star Wars character. Uh, true or false? Uh, it, it, for the sake of legal records, it has to be false. If anybody's listening to this, that might question otherwise. But uh, if one were to say it wasn't a, a nice little like bell in the back of my head when I heard it, I'm, I'm all, I was all for it. <laughs> and by by legal if anybody's listening to it you mean your wife who's listening to the uh, bench yes, upstairs absolutely. right now that yep no you here absolutely the, didn't name it. No, that's awesome uh, man no. well, we're glad you're on we're, we're excited to talk some kenobi and some other great stuff tonight uh but also joining us as always our incredible content creator and social media extraordinaire one of our regular coasts mr d doc how are you man what's going on uh not much i uh, had a little bit of uh issues getting on the computer but um i guess after a little over a year you guys are used to me being about five or ten minutes late every single episode so i think it's probably just expected at this point i'm always scrambling <laughs> man you were perfect timing jumped in right when you do how's that uh how's that fresh baby that you have She's doing good. I mean, uh, the problem is, is this is the first baby I have had who will not take a binky. So when she's freaking out and I'm holding her, it's, uh, it's not good. I'm just like, all right, here you go. You know, she's, you know, yeah. So I'm doing research though. I'm going to find a binky that she likes. I yeah. will do it. <laughs> so if you're listening to this show and all of a sudden you hear incoherent rambling, or one of us just trails off in conversation. Uh, it's because we're all sleep deprived. And we don't have an, we don't have uh, enough brain cells left between us to actually put together coherent sentences. So uh, bear with us tonight. We're we're excited for a good show, and we have a special guest with us tonight. Uh, first time on the show, someone who we actually had the chance to meet uh, down at the I Triple C uh, a couple months ago. 
when we were down there. Uh, but we're so privileged to have Mr. Rick Prince on with us tonight, uh, otherwise known as Darth Maul, otherwise known as, well, I'll let him introduce himself. I'll stop, I'll stop introducing. But Rick, welcome to the show, man. Glad you're with us. Hello. Thank you for having me, gentlemen. Nick, Sam, what was it? Uh, DDoc? Is that what it yep. was? Right on. Well, cool. It's nice to meet you all. Thanks for having me on World Galaxy Podcast. Awesome, man. Well, we're glad that you're with us. And anytime we get a chance to stop and talk Star Wars, it's always a good night. So, um, Rick, so glad that you get to be on here with us. And I would encourage anybody who's, you know, if you consume this show just through audio, whether that's Spotify, whether that's uh, wherever else we put our podcasts on audio, I should know the answer to that. But wherever we put those, I would suggest going to our YouTube page at Rule the Galaxy. Uh, go check that out because I'm telling you, Rick has one of the coolest backdrops I've seen yet with some life-size uh, rifles. W what do you call that behind you, the Darth Maul head? Uh, that is a one-to-one -one bust. Here, I'll bring you guys in for a little quick close-up. Here, I'll just bring the whole, whole chat. So this is a one-to-one -one sculpture of Darth Maul. And I'll be molding that and painting it and offering it available. Pre-orders are available now, but... I'm still dialing in the likeness. I've had some feedback, uh, some kind, some not so kind. Uh, <laughs> As is per, you, per you know how the fan feedback. base is. Yeah, you know, that's all fine and good. I, uh, I glean the good information out of even, even the hate, you know, so. <laughs> I like that, uh, but yeah, I'm dialing it in. People wanted to see a little more Ray Park in there from episode one. I was just doing kind of a middle ground peak apex mall after the happening. And, uh, you know, just, just kind of wanted to see him kind of in that, that prime anger, not quite animated, you know, somewhere in between. So it was my safe, but the feedback is like, nah, we want episode one Ray Park. And I'm all about it. Ray's awesome. So uh, I've got some better reference images of just Ray now. So I'm going to dial it in. Let's do the thing. Man, that's fantastic. And, and Rick, help our audience out. Just, just give us kind of, I, I know it's hard to condense this into a quick thing, but, um, what do you do? Like, like, like if, if you're listening and you don't know Rick and you, and you don't know who he is, just help us encapsulate. Cause, cause when, when, I, when we hear you talking about, man, I'm putting together this one-to-one -one bust. Um, some people may know what that is and other people don't just give us kind of an overview of, of what it is exactly that you do. The age old question, Rick Prince, what do you do? Uh, it's multifaceted, man. Uh, part of it is, uh, does involve the special effects side, the makeup side, like, uh, Imbo here is, it's just cosplay. I say just cosplay, but just cosplay I was doing before it got its proper moniker and title uh, from way back in the 80s, 70s even, you know. Um, and so I took that and developed a career out of it. I wound up working for Universal Studios, Disney World, things like that through a local puppet shop, building animatronics, creatures and characters uh, to, you know, both that would perform live with humans inside and that were sometimes fully autonomous and sometimes radio controlled. And that took me forward to a career path that I've always wanted, which was the initial thing that got me into the whole business was I always wanted to be a movie monster. So I was successful enough in my special makeup effects career that uh, Face Off hit me up on social media. Once social media came out, Facebook became a thing, all these things. You know, I'm just in the back of the lab working and doing things, doing my best to promote uh, and get people to be aware of what I do. And I have lived in Nashville, Tennessee for a while. Went to school here. My parents 
landed here. So I'm kind of in the Bible belt as it's referred to globally. Uh, so I'm doing the same thing um, that the high school I went to put me in in-school suspension for that later <laughs> invited me back for as a celebrity. The wow. same thing the whole time, which is uh, monsters, movies, monsters, uh, special effects. I saw Star Wars in the theater. Uh, my dad took me to see it, the original. I was coherent a little bit more for Empire. That was the one that hooked me. Uh, and I've, I'm one of the, the old heads that saw all the originals, watched the prequels, did not hate on Jar Jar. You know, I was, I was okay with it. I was a little old for it. Um, but so I stay one foot in the Star Wars universe, which is where some of the Darth Maul and Star Wars things uh, will come into play. Uh, being an active member of the 501st, uh, and my dominant career is a writer, producer, and director. So I make movies now that are mm -hmm. available on Amazon Prime. We'll, if you guys have the ability, we'll pop up some links, you know, <laughs> wherever you guys put them if you want Absolutely. to check, check those things out. Um, but these are uh, movies that we've created together as a big family unit, a, a big team. It takes sometimes hundreds of people, uh, thousands in the background even, uh, to be able to make a film or things like we'll talk about like Kenobi just a, a, a show as an episodic thing it's just as big as any film especially now uh, so I'm right in the middle of that kind of world and universe uh, very intentionally from being a kid with some cool parents who let me do what I did despite all the hiccups and challenges with school and people just not understanding it it's way easier to understand after having been on a, a reality show about it so I was on Face Off season five on the sci-fi channel. They, they hit me up on social media, said, hey, want to be on this reality show? I said, Let's do the thing. Come on. Uh, you know, so went out there, took a ride, uh, met some fantastic artists. That's the win. Everybody that gets on the show, that's my opinion. Everybody wins because you're connected to this fantastic network of people. Hmm. They're all super talented you're all potentially equally talented because you're all competing against one another for the prize of the reality show. But whoever wins, you know, there's like 13, 15 other people that don't. And there's plenty of careers and, and movies that we've all made together and separately in this spider web that we all connected through from Face Off. So a lot of people will know me from the reality show I was on, uh, but it's just a, a cross section of me just doing the same thing I've always done my whole life. Man, okay, so Rick, you have opened a box of about 500 questions that that have just come to mind after after that extensive overview, which was so helpful, I think, to just my give life people context five. for. Yeah, I mean, so so helpful to give the context before we do that because I'm I am so guilty of doing this when we have guests on the show. We're going to do it a couple times tonight. Where can people follow you? see your stuff, uh, Twitter, Instagram, all, all the different stuff. Give, give it to us real quick. I've made it easy, fortunately, through some fantastic people. There was a, another Rick Prince in Australia that had the handle. He gave it up to me on Instagram. <laughs> Cheer, cheers, Rick Prince in Australia. He's like a drum tech. He's a fantastic musician himself. Uh, so find me on Instagram, Rick Prince. Nice and simple. Easy. There you go. Thanks, Rick. Uh, most of the places you just search out online, type Rick Prince into Google and all sorts of things now will pop up. Uh, I've climbed long and hard up this mountain and we're doing well so far. 
Uh, we've got a good team going right now on active projects. So uh, check me out. Biggest thing is probably Instagram. It's got all the fun stuff, all the visual elements. I like that the best. Also on, you know, it'll trail over to what Facebook, Twitter, Rick Prince underscore on Twitter. I think I'm malice and mind on uh, in, uh, Facebook. Okay. And Sam and D jump in and ask questions here as we do this. But Rick, first question, I'm so glad you brought up the Instagram because as I was searching Instagram, going through this before we jumped on, um, not just Star Wars, like you were talking about, but you, you know, Demogorgons and all kinds of different stuff. I mean, just stunning. I mean, amazing stuff that you've put together and you've built. And, and you said something a second ago when you were setting up, you know, here, here's kind of what I wanted to do. And you said, uh, I think it was before your amazing uh, Ricky Bobby, Talladega Nights. Like, you remember that part in that movie where he's like, I remember we got kicked out of chemistry for playing with matchbox cars. Yeah, I remember that down, thing. You know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, before that, you said, I always wanted to be a movie monster. Now, I don't know very many kids that grow up like with that one with clarity like that that could go, hey, I think I know exactly what I want to do for the rest of my life forever. I, I don't think I've figured that out yet. Uh, but what was it that made you go, hey, see that scary monster? I want to be that. Uh, I think Ash pretty much nails it in Alien. It was, it's about the beauty, the symmetry. Giger's design was one of the heaviest influences on me. Uh, the Dark Crystal was also just giant in my life. All the, the throwbacks that people are, are like legacy titles, that, that was my childhood, fortunately. I got to grow up in that golden age of people making movie magic in the fantasy category. So uh the monsters though just had the better design being real it was like man if i could ever be that cool come on you know oh it comes with the the face eating and the acid for blood. okay you know cool whatever That's awesome. whatever man i'll be i'll be whatever so you would put dad's gloves on my feet and run around the house like a little gorilla or something just anything um big fan of jane goodall so hmm. growing up with uh, all this National Geographic exposure to real wildlife in a, in a big and natural, raw way, uh, and that you could have this intimate exposure right up there with it. I didn't really know what special effects were. Uh, we had to write letters to people like Dick Smith, who won Academy Award for making some guy old. That wasn't really what I was trying to get to, but it was about the only source back then until magazines mm. like Fangoria and things made it, made it more popular. I was like, oh, oh, you can do it as a job? Mm. Excellent. That's what I want to do. That's, that's it. You, you had me at hello. Man, that's awesome. And, ah! that. <laughs> and it, I, I love what you do because <clears throat> it's funny because uh, I spent a year where I was working nights and I was home during the day. My kids would take naps and I would be on YouTube. And I got very much into um, Adam Savage's um, page on YouTube where I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I've basically entered the world of YouTube of watching people do what you do because I think it's one of the coolest things. It's really like, it's really the biggest behind the scenes talent for movies, in my opinion, that you just don't get to see. I mean, I, it's funny because everybody knows Adam Savage from Mythbusters, but it's like he was working at ILM doing, you know, the stuff for the prequels for Star Wars. And um, yeah, through, through him, man, I've gotten really into just watching the stuff that you guys do. I mean, I'm in the trades. I work with my hands. 
I'd like to have a shop and start to try to do some of the stuff you guys do. But I mean, I think it's great because a lot of these prosthetics and stuff like that, I feel like, you know, CGI was big and, you know, we were really jumping into CGI, but now I feel like people are kind of going back to like, I, I want it to feel more real with these prosthetics. I mean, I relate it to like the orcs in uh, Lord of the Rings. You look at the, you know, original trilogy, I guess, of Lord of the Rings, and then you go to the Hobbits and, you know, one was more CGI, one was more real. And I don't know, I just love what you guys do. So it's exciting to talk to you and see the stuff that you do. One was all CGI, D-Duck. Yep. And looked like a a poor video game, if you ask me. Yeah. But that's not what we're here to talk about tonight. But yeah, <laughs> I, I completely agree, Rick. And and it, it, I'm, I'm curious from you, you've had the opportunity to work on so many different things. And seriously, I anyone who's listening to this, go check out Rick's Instagram. Um, I, I, I'm glad it doesn't show you how long you spent on somebody's page because I was just sitting, scrolling, going like, like, how do you come up with this? Like, this is amazing. Like, you know, looking at all these things. I, and, it, and it just got me wondering, like, is there a project or a movie or something that you've done that, like, if you could say, man, of all the things that I've done, I'm, I'm most proud of this thing. The first thing that really comes to mind would be the, the bucket list moment of finally achieving, like, the on-screen Go watch it. Lawa All Saints Eve was the first film, writer, producer, director. I had uh, a pair of angel investors that uh, came into my life through their daughter being a fan of the show. And they were like, had a Hollywood moment. We were uh, working on stuff together and uh, doing grant work to go to the kids at high schools and stuff, going back to the high school that I went to and showing them what makeup is and how you can have a career. Um, but thanks to them, they invested in my my first movie, which became a three picture deal, but the tree wolf in Loire All Saints Eve was the first time putting that suit on out in what turned out to be a giant field of poison ivy. <clears throat> but <laughs> either way, that night, just on all fours as a quadruped breathing and being the tree wolf, cameras rolling, you know, there's, you know, all the talent, all the lights, all the camera, all the action. That was, that was it. That was what I had worked so hard to get to. So that mm -hmm. would have, that would probably be the, the favorite moment so far of my career, even though some may be better in execution or something like that later on. That, that, was, <laughs> that was almost 10 years ago now. Um, but it was, it was that, I, I finally did it. We right. did it, Ma, call Mama, hey, you know. Come on. That's awesome. And, and so here's, here's, I guess, another question that comes out of even you going into some of your background, because there's clearly love for this, you know, mix that in with Star Wars. There's so much, you know, visual, practical effects, especially in the original trilogy. Um, tell us about your love, though, for Darth Maul, because I think I, I thought it was interesting you setting up going, man, you know what, like I, I'm, you know, I'm a child of the original trilogy. And yet there's this character that I not just, you know, like but i've made busts of now and you know cause, yeah see that's exactly what i'm talking about that's amazing <laughs> uh, like t tell us about i guess maybe introduction of maul all the way to hey i think i want to be darth maul i think part of it was having grown up with the original trilogy uh to me the thing that hooked i'll start with the thing that hooked me in, and then you'll be like how did he get to darth maul uh luminous beings are we not this crude matter. 
the the power that that little green puppet with a team of people who I got to have hands on with just recently in a documentary thing. It was just fantastic. But that hooked me into being a kid. Anybody could use the force. This is well before any metaphorians or any of that kind of conversation came about. So we had the original trilogy. Fantastic. Loved it. Ate it up as a kid. We were lightsaber fighting, you know, my whole life. Then, and I'm, we're in high school. What? They're doing more Star Wars. What? Oh, you know, what? Oh, who is this guy? And you see the design and it's just imposing when you, when you first see him. And then when you watch the film right up until the, the tragic moment, there is this just fierce presence. I mean, Ray mm -hmm. Park just brought that character to life with such a stoic, ominous performance. Just the, the, mm -hmm. the back and forth scene uh, with the ray shields, all that kind of thing just really brought it to life. And then I was like, ah, ah, my boy. All right, so he's done. Fine, fine, fine. All right, it happens. It's tragic. That's the big event in this film. Cool. And I went on, went on to just follow on and loved Revenge of the Sith, all this kind of stuff. But we keep going with Star Wars and we keep going. Well, animated series, fantastic. What? Why are the opening titles read on this particular episode? What? What? Oh my God. Oh, it was one of, if they had reaction videos at that point, I, right. you know, you'd had me just crawling all around <laughs> the walls because what a brilliant rebirth uh, through Filoni and the team in Clone Wars with what was left of Darth Maul by hate and will and that kind of thing alone has managed to reassemble himself in this force powered lower body. It's just, it's brilliant. It's brilliant. Um, then watching him evolve, uh, seeing some sideshow figures of uh, how Mother uh, Townsend was able to change and use droid parts and give him these like super wicked, the, the digigrade legs. That's, that's one of my favorites. And I did a cosplay of that way back. I tried to get certified with the 501st, but I, I did the sideshow figure instead of huh. the, the cartoon. And you have, to, you have to be canon. And I, I didn't do that right. Whoops. Mm. Uh, so that it, you can kind of see I'll, I'll I'll cut it there but it continues after that my kind of obsession with that character it really it grew and became what it is through Clone Wars mm. I, I loved Ray Park in episode one fantastic but I was like ah uh, Rebels as well same thing you know I, I took on bring on some Rebels I, I, right. I hear you uh Aladdin you know I hear I hear everybody <laughs> hating I, I, Space I, Aladdin. <laughs> I, I see it. Bring it. All right. <clears throat> We're going to warm up the machine and get going. And okay. Okay. And then when you get to some of those mall sequences later on, old mall, elder, still wicked, way more crafty, way more deceitful. Uh, and, you know, with what he does with the Inquisitors, just, man, OP, right. that cat is strong by that time. Right. Uh, I, I want to see the I want to see the Rick Prince reaction video to the end of season seven of Clone Wars when Darth Maul gets his hallway scene. That's what, oh, yeah. I, what, what I really want to see, because I'm sure you were hey. losing it. All, all of it. Uh, this uh, talking. If you really pay attention uh, with the Maul Ahsoka fight, the, the whole sequence, the conversation prior to the fight, 
is is where it's really at because you have this full threaded continuity across all of the whole timeline everything is going on at once and you have this moment of conversation between them like you know what i you know maul knows if he had gotten to that fucking kid <laughs> seriously you know it, that's the it's so difference. true in his mind there's so yep. many things that he's i was robbed of all this i almost ran him over you, Kill me! Yeah. <laughs> you know it's it's well you gotta you gotta feel it you you gotta know that yeah. if you follow the character through the entirety of the timeline which is why i'm a fan of prequels sequels trilogy all of the stuff there are things to like and love about all the parts and pieces of it it's just yeah is that as much love you have for that thing as the other uh, all the way up through uh, book of boba fett all the new stuff kenobi that's on right now i mean you guys are it's in your namesake. Uh, so you guys have got to love it just as much as I do. I'm, I'm meeting you all for the first time. So I'm curious to see how you all think of Maul. Totally. Well, I'm, and guys, please, please jump in. I feel like I've been talking a lot too, as we do this, but I, Sam, I can see you getting ready to talk. <laughs> oh, well, uh, I should leave with the last remark and then I've probably got to uh, dip out of here. I was going to jump in with that. I actually just started my Rebels rewatch, so I, I couldn't agree more. I, you know, I loved, I mean, how old were we, Nick, when uh, Phantom Menace came out? Seven? Oh, yeah, something like that. Maybe. Yeah. So, like, at that point, you're just, like, it's, it's blowing all sorts of, like, doors up. But again, he kind of just comes and goes, and you're like, well, that's great. But, yeah, after, you know, just, you know, we've had a lot of time over the last few years just rewatching like, Clone Wars and Rebels and being like, wow, this is I, I have people in my life that say, I don't even care because he came back. And I'm like, they did so much with him. That was so good that he's, yeah, he, they had a lot of, a lot of depth to him. And I think his, his arc is just crazy. And even when he comes down to the end, just how he is just so, uh, I guess passionate is probably the best word I'd use for a character. He's so like, I think passionate that, that his, is the, his, his beliefs. His, his biggest <laughs> issue I think is mm -hmm. he's so, ah, and it just blinds him to so many things, you know, that, you know, he stumbles himself uh, and that's his own blinders cause it. But I, I wrestled with the same thing on the, uh, the second Obi-Wan fight. I was like, ah, mm, mm, all right, wait. <clears throat> all right. Okay. I see what you're saying. All right. All right. You know what? okay okay <laughs> you know it, it takes a minute you know if you just leave it at your first impression maybe the the lack of expectation uh that's robbing yourself of really letting it soak in to to you feeling it as the story and that, a lot of people stop and they want to immediately roll with that and then sometimes that's now your public voice was the right when you watched it and you watched it four or five times and now you actually like it but now that was your opinion so right Right, Sam, I know you got to go love on that baby. Dude, thank you for jumping on and being here and uh, looking forward to have you on some more shows. Uh, oh, so yeah. we'll see you, man. Nice uh, congrats on the kid. Nice to meet you. Thank Sam. you. Okay, so <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm stuck on this Darth Maul thing because I, so, so one of my favorite things about the character, and it's actually something that I wanted to talk about tonight when we get to Kenobi, but I figured if we're already talking about it, let's talk about it. I, I love that at the beginning of the prequels for everything people say the prequels were we had a character that they brought in that maybe had three lines of dialogue the whole movie right like it literally like 
yes, master. At last, we'll reveal ourselves to the Jedi. At last, we'll have revenge. I think that's about it. I don't think there's any more, but we created a true villain that like, you didn't really even need to talk. It was kind of like, uh, I, at least what I would imagine, you know, Vader back in the original uh, A New Hope, right? For the very first time, he only has about four or five minutes of screen time in the whole movie, but you left going, who is that? Why is he so bad? What's going on? I want more of this character. And you had this character that later you'd get all the depth, right? With Rebels, Clone Wars, you'd see this tortured, broken, I was ripped from my family. You'd get, um, what is it, Darth Plagueis, the novelization that, you know, walks through him being taken from Dathomir, all this kind of stuff. But like, you didn't need that at the beginning to make him an awesome villain just from the look, the feel, the intensity, exactly what you're talking about. And to me, I would argue that maybe that's what we're missing in Star Wars moving forward is this feeling of, well, we need a really complex bad guy where I'm like, no, we just need a bad guy. And we need a bad guy that is a, you know, just kind of a badass, like for, for no other word, just, you know, somebody that kind of goes after it. And I, I, I enjoy what we do this sometimes where we'll, you know, jump between sequels, prequel stuff. Uh, my biggest push on the sequels was I felt like there wasn't really a bad guy that felt scary or somebody that was like, uh, they, they tried, I think a couple of times, but nothing like what we saw from Maul coming out the gate where you're like, I would mess with that guy. That guy haunts my dreams, man. I don't want anything to do, you know, with that guy. So, so I agree of all the characters that you could embody way to go picking. You said you wanted to be a movie monster. You picked a pretty good movie monster to, uh, to come out the gates on. Yeah, D-Doc. he's definitely definitely great on the list. Yeah. D-Doc, what about you and Maul? I'm curious. Yeah, I mean, I <clears throat> you can see my little centerpiece uh, Lego that I have behind me of his uh, face there. I mean, I got that set and you could choose between uh, Vader, Kylo Ren, or Maul. And immediately I'm just like, all right, I'm doing Maul. I mean, they give you the option and I just need to see that face because I, I felt like Lego did a great job with just that menacing look on this little portrait uh series that they've been doing and um yeah i don't know on top of maul being so number one intimidating two bit mysterious he had the double lightsaber too so like when you're a kid and you see him spark up that double lightsaber and you're just like there it is um okay so tell us about that nice and hefty uh, that I think looks like it's heavy, actually. That it, it, like it's, it's the real. Disney official. Uh, you can pop both. Uh, they have uh, both separate, different length blades. The the long blades I can't use together in any indoor environment because they're so long. <laughs> so uh, they have shorter blades. But I actually had to get somebody on eBay to send me that from Disneyland out in California. Mm. Uh, I was going to touch on you know both of you guys. I think are hitting on points that are part of what I think the people want to hear me talk about maybe in a YouTube series uh, of reviewing things, but you're touching on something that I feel also crosses right over to things like Jaws. Boba Fett. Less is more. Less is more. Uh, you, you go too far and you know, you know too much. You know, <laughs> you, one of those, uh, they just, you don't have to say anything. And uh, it's talking specifically with Maul, I think John Williams said it all, didn't he? With Duel of the Fates. Come on. Wow. 
wow, you don't, you, you were so captivated by the energy and the feeling of the music, the effort they put into the choreography uh, between uh, Ewan McGregor, Ray Park, you know, just seeing the two of them throw down. Then you have Liam Neeson's size and stature over the two of those guys who are small by comparison. It's just something you, you had, it kind of was your, your wildest dream for a, a good amount of time on screen with a bad guy who had to say nothing. Yeah, it was like any. the trifecta. You know why I'm here. Yeah. You know why I'm here. Uh, uh, it was just, it was brilliant, brilliantly executed all across the board. It still stands up today. It's a scene I rewatch all the time. If Disney's looking at my queue, they'll see what I watch and what I don't rewatch. <laughs> uh, they'll see the, sec- the sections of the things that I don't rewatch that I will watch because I think those scenes and sections are cool. Um, but I think that's a big part of what uh, uh, D-Doc was talking about also uh, with Vader. Uh, it, it's the same thing and it's the same thing with Boba Fett. You know, Boba Fett's just... Mysterious. And it makes you go, man, I want to <laughs> yes. know more cool. about what's going on with... Who that's is why that they become with, such beloved With characters. the coolest costume in the background. Him and IG-88, I was like, what? <sighs> So, uh, so uh, whatever was the, uh, oh man, it was on N64, whatever it was with Dash Rendar. Oh, Shadows uh, of the Empire. Of the Shadows Empire. of the Empire. Yep. Yeah, yeah, man. That, I was, that was one of my favorites because of the threat of the IG-88 level. That game yeah, was I hard as crap. It, it was. It was I, I love that character. He's one of my favorite of the little figures that we had back in the day. I just recently restarted playing that game and I, I suck at beating him. He is so hard in that freaking game. Yeah. <laughs> you like, you yeah, got the board like... itself is, I love that. Uh, I love solo partially because of some of the train movement yeah. on the, the level leading to the big fight with him, you know? So the star Wars is, is deep with this one. You know, I've, it's just been my thing and I've been okay with that. And, People being like, are you ever going to not play Star Wars, dude? Nope. <laughs> Come up, coming up going. on 50 strong. It's like, nah, man, I got a little salt and pepper here now. I can uh, I can rock some of these different characters. You know, Come you just on. wait, you know. Well, uh, okay, you're talking so about we're... another silent guy. Ooh, I want to see. I want to see Embo, baby. Wow. Come on. You talk about a guy who doesn't say much and is strong because of it in uh, Clone Wars. Man, that's Embo. Yeah, yeah. Okay, tussled, so tussled with the old Anakin and skated away. <laughs> yeah, no problem. You're right. You're right. So you're talking about, you know, hey, I keep I continue to you know don the mall garb and and dress up as him. You're part of the five hundred first. Um, tell okay. So so my first introduction, I'd seen five hundred first online, but when we went to the IEEC, I talked to the guy who created the speeder bikes, um, and you know had the giant uh atst that was ATST. up yeah, yeah he was also a member of it he started just giving me some insight into like what it takes to be certified in the 501st and it's intense it is they have um their whole uh costume guide for the volumetric list of different characters that you can choose from uh and and there's plenty that, that are achievable you know a soft empire uh general officer something like that is is doable it's accessible and you can sit down in it comfortably true <laughs> uh so there's a lot of a lot of things to look for when you're choosing your own adventure and uh costuming uh but they have a, a full guide and it is very specific i wanted to come in 
because of my ability and skill set and try to go for the level three certification, which is the highest. You have to do all of the most tedious steps. Uh, mm. But I'm fortunate to have access to a brilliant costume designer uh, that did my uh, full linen Darth Maul fabric work. We worked together to sort out how that was supposed to be made. So I did all the homework and took wow. all the pictures and patterns over to her and we worked together off of my measurements to get that developed. But it is, it's, they'll, they'll say no if it's wrong. They, they, I did so much work <laughs> on that Clone Wars mall and as impressive as it may have been, it was just wrong. And they were like, reject it. <laughs> but and, they told and me why, why did they reject they it? They were like, it's a, it was wrong. Like you did the sideshow collectible full scale, fantastic. But that's like the best of all mall. That he never appears oh. that way fully, like the big horns. By the time uh, yeah, Mother Towson changes him, his his horns come down before he gets the cool legs, you know. So I just, it had all of the best parts on him in their like renderition of uh, rendition of that particular. Character. It's kind of like what I did with with mall. I was like, I just want to do mall in my mind, and so they just put all the best parts on. But that's not that's not what's in the show. So there's a very hard line on canon or non-canon. And for those listening, uh, that is the line of delineation between what appears in the on-screen after the reset. If it's not in these particular titles, the films, the cartoons that are included, and now some of the comics that are included, it's not right, in quotes, according mm. to the the on-screen database or whatever so uh so if it's wrong it's wrong uh and if it's done yeah. out of parts and pieces that are subpar you know you're representing star wars out to the masses uh in a big way and you're doing you know it's bad guys doing good so if you heard him and the pitch you know we're going out there and representing star wars and have their approval and the reason that we have this you know people people in their costumes from the 501st in kenobi is because of the level of standard they try yeah, to hold right. so that it looks like it's from Star Wars. If you don't hold that standard, it doesn't look like it's from Star Wars. Right. And that's what it's all about, is just trying to make it as close to the movies or whatever as we can. And so I'm, I'm fine with that. It's a tough, it's a tough line, but not, not if you understand and you read and do your homework. Yeah, just take your time, do it right. If they say yeah. something's off, you know, work with them. You, you got a port of contact, it's just people. Uh, so just ask them uh, and you can do that in advance. Hey, I'm working with these things. I just want to make sure if something's not in the CRL, just ask somebody. I had a great contact and uh, onboarding because I'm a new member of the 501st. I've only been part of it for like a year, um, but I've been doing it because we go to the same events uh, for charity work. Uh, I just hadn't officially joined up. Mm. Uh, and and I, the reason is because I got shut down. I was like, ah, <laughs> I gotta I gotta start again okay cool but right. I just I just went to CRL got my episode one mall and did it first try certified level three wow come on That's yeah awesome. and I had had a great uh, onboarding team that just you know helped me with how to submit and who to talk to it was easy it's hmm. awesome d yeah, and I, I was gonna say, uh, I remember watching the um, <clears throat> behind the scenes of Mandalorian season one, and it's like five hundred first is something that I haven't been as familiar because like, I haven't gone to like, I, this is 
the extended world of Star Wars is a bit newer to me over the last couple of years, really. It's like, I know I've always been a fan of it, but I'm just like, oh my God, there's this whole world out there of fans enthralled in it. And I was watching that um, Mandalorian behind the scenes and they were talking about the end of uh, season one. And this is one of the reasons why I think Filoni is so connected to the fan base and why I love him is, you know, they wanted more stormtroopers for that final scene of season one. And Filoni's just like, let's call up the 501st. Like those guys will be ready to go. Like they got screen accurate suits. They'll be fine. Like, you know, they have a high standard. They'll be great. And yeah, they were showing all the 501st guys who came in to film that scene when Mando was in the bunker and you had all the stormtroopers out there. And I just thought that was one of the coolest things just to, I, I don't know. It, it just seems like it, to see the the fans and the people who are really, you know, you're talking about that high standard being in the show and like being able to do that. I, I just thought it was so freaking cool. I would yeah, love to be any true. part of that universe. Totally. Even if <laughs> your, your face is covered, any bucket, any side character sweat, I've got a cool suit. Put me in the hottest thing that's uncomfortable. Nobody wants to do sign me up. I love creature performing. I get it. I'd love to do it. Uh, mm. any of it you know you need a background mall at you know <laughs> you know whatever uh, any of that you need a couple of malls running around you know but i am i do have my sights set on the franchise in a directing capacity try to get you know there's so many episodes there's different directors of all types mm -hmm. uh it's something that i've grown to love my entire life and i've got some ideas i think would be very marketable to the public mm -hmm. because of how much i love it and i know that's what i'm trying to deliver and I hear all the complaints, you know, positive, negative. I hear all the, the fan base. Uh, I hear you. And yeah. Let's try something. Let's try something. Come on. Why not? Yeah. And Rick, super cool. Even just getting to hear some of your story of how you got into this and, and even aspirations of, man, I think there's so many people that wouldn't even name that, right? And, or have the courage to go, hey, you know what? I, I want to direct something someday and do that. So from rule the galaxy standpoint, man, we're going to be cheering you on uh, just about everything we can, man, to, to see you get there and do that. Last, last question before we get to some news, unless Dedek, you got something we ask uh, everybody we have on this show, a similar question. It came out of, uh, you know, we, we asked one guest one time, what's your favorite lightsaber handle? And somebody made a off color comment about, well, it better not be Dooku's. Uh, I think that's how it happened. Dedek, if I remember correctly, Anyway, yeah. it's evolved into this. We ask every single person that's on the show now, what's your favorite lightsaber hilt and why? I'm assuming I know what yours is, but I could be wrong. I was going to say Asajj Ventress or Dooku. I couldn't be more wrong. I thought I don't, I don't have Darth them Maul. in my collection yet, but I will. So explain. Explain your rationale behind those two, because we have some, we have some regular co-hosts that would be not seething, but whatever the opposite of that is, salivating at your, like, that you liked Count Dooku's lightsaber. Bring it. <laughs> Bring it. That's fine. Uh, because it's just an open dialogue. It's not a challenge. Uh, I respect anybody's opinion. They can like what they like. I get to like what I like. I don't need you to like what I like. And I don't think you probably need me to like what you like. So everything should be cool, man. Oh, salivating uh, in a good way. Oops, like, sorry. sorry, sorry. In a way of like, 
finally somebody else that likes Count Dooku's lightsaber. Totally, totally. I just preface it with all that. Anybody yeah. that wants to engage in the comments or any of that kind of thing, feel free. It's uh, you're not gonna have Rick Prince coming down on you in the comments. <laughs> that's, that's not that's not how I get down. Uh, yeah. Because I love it. I think everybody's got a valid point and different perspectives. So I like stylistically the the approach. It's it's a unique. I just I like things that are unique, just in general. Uh, I try to have a car that's a uh, limited edition. Some that you just don't see very many of them. That's the car I end up gravitating toward. Uh, I like the rare, the unique, the special, mm. something, the odd, the scarred, the torn. You know, I like something. It, it can be fine. But give me your birthmark all across your whole face, man. I love that. Any any of those kind of things. It makes variety. It's, it's the spice of life, right? That kind of thing. Um, I also there's something about. Um, the way that Dooku uses it, if you know full lore, uh, Christopher Lee, <laughs> I mean, come on. Uh, and then Asajj Ventress as well. They're just, uh, stylistically, it's just a unique way to, to approach it. I don't know that I would be good with it in a fight. There you go. That's what I'm talking come about. Come on, man. Come on. It's, yeah, it's and just, I posed them cool. just like in that way. You know how he it is very got elegant. it out, you know. It is an elegant yeah. weapon for a more yeah. civilized time. There you go. There it so, is. Uh, you know, and I have, it wouldn't be the only thing in my collection because trying to use it, I, I you know, my neighbor commented the other day, he's like, I saw you out there with your lightsabers. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the other, just, yeah, you did. And don't come over yeah, here or you'll. Yeah. <laughs> I was uh, charging the batteries in my daughter's uh, custom one that she made. Um, wow. We took to ICCC and uh, the batteries wind up going down. So I was just, bringing it back up to, to charge. I took it outside to make sure it was working. And uh, <laughs> so he caught me it's being awesome. me and everything's good, but I, I, I don't know that I would be able to, to play with uh, an Asajj Ventress or a Dooku Sabre the same way. And so I understand the, the critique, but it's also, if you think about it in the Star Wars, I just cut everything in half because I don't, I don't need the leverage. Yeah. Uh, if I am fighting another lightsaber, which is probably going to be rare for me on either side, I probably don't have that kind of fight very often. It's an energy weapon that shouldn't take much pokey with. Just you're done, <laughs> you know. Right. So uh, I don't know. I I can see it in world. I wouldn't pick it to use out of world for my collection. It's one of the ones that's num. It's I think number two on my list. Wow. I like it, Rick. I think that's a good, and, and I, lo I love this. Everybody's got a different answer when they come in with it. And I love the passion of the star Wars fan base to be able to jump behind and go like, no, but here's why, like, and here's why I would do this and why I think it's cool. So, uh, Hey, couple news things that I think could be worth hitting. And then I do want to talk for a second. We did a whole episode last week on, uh, Kenobi. Um, but it's been about a week since the season finale came out and the head of it before the show. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm the guy that I'll get a week out and be like, hey, why did they do that? Like, you know, and be thinking through it. So I'd be curious what came up. But a couple of news things. And Joe, our normal host, sent me some of these links. I got to give him credit for it. There's some good stuff. Um, there was an article that came out this last week. It was on Twitter as well, too, about potential rumors of Millie Bobby Brown potentially entering the Star Wars universe in some capacity because uh, and, and they quoted in the article saying because of how well she plays with 10 to 30 year olds in the market right now that disney's eyeing her for that there were no specifics about what role but it got me thinking 
clearly, Rick, you watch Stranger Things. D-Doc, I know you watch Stranger Things. Phenomenal actress. Uh, if you could pick her to play somebody in Star Wars or a type of character, right? So could be somebody that exists in Legends, could be somebody out there. What role would you hope she would play in light of watching what she's done in Stranger Things and kind of throughout? D-Doc, you going first? What's up? Man, I'm just, I'm, I, I was going to say, I mean, I could see her being an excellent, like, <clears throat> younger Leia, but then I, I don't know, this Kenobi show kind of gets us uh, pretty close to where Leia was, and Millie's getting a little older, so, man, I'm not totally sure. I mean, if you put a lightsaber in her hand, I'm freaking fine with it, because I think L11 is, like, one of the coolest characters from a show uh i've ever seen so i mean i'd be happy with her in any kind of role in star wars i mean i'd love it i i saw that and i saw that there was mutual interest there as well that she had said she wanted to be in star wars at one point which i think is freaking awesome so if i'm not mistaken about that but i'll take her yeah. in anything star wars right yeah that from my point of view uh from a certain point of view um she's been on the list from day one hmm. uh, i know it's like every time there's a new thing or a new reason to talk about it she comes up again i think her and one of the other cast members uh also did some cosplay the, it's like oh yeah how are you gonna be you know and her likeness her similarity um to be able to take over the role as princess leia i think the the new actress did a brilliant job uh very heartwarming mm -hmm. uh despite all of the the little chase you know complaints or whatever that's you know you, you really grew to love that character by the end once we get to talk about kenobi i think millie bobby brown could come in more strong in a new standalone role that i think uh if you're if you're onto the taika ytd conversations onto the new talk about what to do with some of the mess from the sequel trilogy and it's uh, just disconnection from the storyline was really the problem um the, the, i think she would be stronger as a new unique character let right. her be her own brand don't let her fill the shoes of a legacy character i think that opportunity that window has has closed now hmm. um, timeline she just grew she aged out of it and the the time that you're talking about is not necessarily you know, we, we didn't even expect this little brief time with the, the young, young Leia. The older Leia is, is not going to have a lightsaber because she doesn't have that yet, unless you're going to continue to break canon. <laughs> um, you <laughs> know, we've so been known that, to do. It was, you know, fine. We've got, you get some, you know, portals and time travel uh, gadgets that are into the universe now, thanks to Rebels. So who knows? Uh, I just think she'd be stronger cast in a unique role. I think she as an actress would probably be more happy with that. Happy with any role in Star Wars, like O'Shea or anybody that's just coming, like me, any role, whatever. Anybody. But she's such a powerful young actress that give her some something to make her own and let everybody love that and not have to compare it. I think it would work out better for the franchise and for her. Yeah, I agree. And the only caveat I would add to that would be I would love to see her in a role that's not Jedi related, which I can't believe I'm saying it, but looking at what she does in Stranger Things, um, she's basically the Jedi of Stranger Things, right? Like she can pick stuff up and crush 
demogorgons and all kinds of stuff. And what I would love to see is more of like, again, who cares what I want, but what I, I would love to see a, <laughs> like, uh, almost like what we saw in solo with Kira, right. Where, you know, kind of this, you know, bad, not, not bad, but just like this tough female character that can hold her own um, and kind of run and do something that's different than maybe, you know, a mute, mutant project, whatever she is in Stranger Things. I've not watched season four yet, so I got to watch that and do that. But Rick, you brought up the new uh, Taika Waititi. I say that right? Correct. Yeah, his, uh, I, I feel like I need to pat myself on the back whenever I say his name because I, I don't do it very well. Uh, but there was more news that came out this week about that, that he's, they're still writing the script. We are still years away from seeing this Good. movie from, from what I can write tell. It, write it first, give release date second. Completely Please. agree. Completely agree. Here's I'm the not, question, hey, I'm not telling the mouse what to do. Uh, whatever. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. I'll do whatever, <laughs> whatever you need. Uh, I'll sing whatever song you want. You, you just get a better product doing it that way. And I'm glad he's hopefully uh, towing that line. That's what it seems Absolutely. like. Absolutely. So it, it raised a question for me, thinking about, okay, so we're exiting the Skywalker series in some capacity. And it just got me thinking, you know, I don't know if you've kept up with High Republic at all. Um, it's basically Jedi versus space pirates. And personally for myself, while there's some really great writing that's been done in it, I've had a hard time connecting because it's not, it doesn't feel equal. Like Jedi versus space pirates in my mind should just be like, yeah, no brainer. Like we, the Jedi beat the space pirates. Like that's how we do it. Jedi versus Sith feels a little bit more stacked. Like could, and so I guess the question would be, um, you know, would we want, a movie that doesn't involve Jedi versus Sith or rebellion versus empire or like, like I know people are saying, well, we want new, we want to move out of the Skywalker saga and go do that. That feels like a tall order from everything that we've seen up to this point, including we, you know, they talked about it last week on the show, even the sequel trilogy went back to exactly what we had done before of, well, here's empire 2.0 does the question make sense what I'm trying to say? Like, like it how does. do you do one that doesn't involve Jedi versus Sith and make it awesome? Well, Disney, Dave, John. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm giving my pitch. Uh, Space Pirates is fine. Uh, you know what kind of... I mean, Jedi are OP'd as, as normal people, but they get caught in a ray shield in a hallway. You put mm -hmm. them up against the droidica with the battle shields what do you do when you're running uh there uh you could take things like the knights of ren if you wanted to fold in some of the sequel trilogy there are other bladed versions of weapons there's beskar from uh, book of boba fett there are things in the galaxy in the star wars universe that you can use and outfit yourself to deal with a jedi you could go cad bane style and hold your own you're not getting force choked you can fly around you can you know you can best you know quite a few he stacked up quite a few and then also tune your droid C come with a grievous you know well what's left i know it was fire but there's probably a lot of that droid left hmm. let me let me put one of these general droids commanding unit in what's left of grievous's body and turn him back on you know what i mean <laughs> i like where your head's at just think just a droid by itself even if you're a jedi and you got to be a, a master Jedi against a human frail body. That's a bad day for most anybody. 
Right. Uh, it takes a Skywalker level, and those were even, you know, they've they've developed droids beyond that. So, right. Uh, you know, there's there's way that you could go, uh, and you know, there's a couple of crafty pirates out there in the Star Wars universe who might uh, have something to say about <laughs> how you treat the yeah, Jedi. That's pretty good. <laughs> that's pretty good. It, the question came about, I was thinking about, you know, this desire to do, you know, a new movie. And I, th- there's a lot of reasons why people say Solo kind of flopped. I don't get it, but... Bad I, timing. Know, again, I think that's just bad timing, I think, on, in my opinion. Yeah. Everybody and, and was I like, think, oh, I, sequel trilogy. Oh, another one? I don't know. I just think it was so close to the other release date, in my opinion. Yeah, I go back. It's it's. I go right back to solo before I go back to any of those. Yeah, I agree. And I only I go back you. to scenes on those. And there's yep. some scenes that come on. I'm like, no, I cannot. <laughs> it's well shot. You know, I try to say nice things. It's well shot. It's well produced. There's so many like people that. who put so many talented hours of labor and love into it. Uh, just as far as my continuity in the storyline, <clears throat> viewer hope and expectation, it did not meet those. Good job, though. Right. Yeah. D-Doc, what do you think? Yeah, uh, I agree with what like Rick was saying when, you know, he was saying if, if it takes a couple years, you know, fine, basically, because I mean, you know, write, write it first and announce it after, I think is what you said, right, Rick? Um, pretty That's much it's like... Seems like they're doing sometimes. Yeah. And yeah, announcing because, like, full things. Uh, what was the uh, squadron, which I kind of was looking squadron. forward to. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that, that got shelf now i was like oh well i kind of okay. would have liked to seen some some a pilot i think that could have been cool especially right. with the success of top gun crushing yep. it what? for real i haven't, even, I haven't seen it yet because i'm gonna see it in imax and i've been busy uh, i may have to catch the recycle if i if i don't if i miss it i'm gonna wait and see it in imax right um, yeah but yeah I, I think with the success of that billion dollar mark i think maybe yeah. some pilot movie with some stuff might might yeah. bring in a few bucks i don't know you know I, i'm not ch- challenging the thought process but it seems like there have been things that haven't worked and that is common among them is saying we're gonna do it by this date and yep it, it, it puts a strain on everything that doesn't need to be there on a production side yeah and, and everybody's I feel rushing like, like ah. <laughs> exactly i i feel like you can tell that taika is in the driver's seat as far as it goes with the quotes that came out this week just mm-hmm. because he's just like you know celebration to just this celebration that just passed i mean kathleen was just like you know taika's movie is up next we're looking at 2023 for it and it's like holy crap that's next year you know like and taika's <laughs> like i'm still writing the story you know like because he's he's part of Mandalorian and he's part of that group that that loves Star Wars and cares deeply about it. And I think mm-hmm. he does, too. And I really like I mean, I really enjoy his directing style. I think he's funny. I think he does a good job of mixing humor into very serious bits as well. So I, agree. I, I really think that. For some reason, though, I can't help but to picture his aesthetic of directing Star Wars being that, like, original trilogy, like, you know, 70s style, like, costumes. Like, I don't know why I just picture that aesthetic mm. more for his directing, but it, it doesn't have to. I, I, has he been on the record saying, like, you know, we, we need to move along from, like, the Skywalker where, like, you know, it can be in a certain time 
period, but it doesn't necessarily have to do with everything that's going on with these big storylines. Like, I mean, he's, he can he's just had write his something. Own. He said something yeah. in that in that vein where, you know, having new stories that involve new characters is totally fine. Whether he's saying he's going to do that or mm -hmm. not, I'm not sure. But I know that he, that was part of the conversation that I read on whichever article was that included something along yeah. those lines. And the, but he's, it wasn't ready. So he said, we're yeah. throwing everything at the wall and seeing what sticks. I think that was the extent of what I, what I read. Yeah, and creatively there. you should, uh, yeah. you know, it's one of those things. I think that he has the good fortune of popularity, like a A-list actor might to just be able to not impose his will, but just respectfully I'm, I'm working on it. And as quickly as I can mm -hmm. uh, to, to deliver the quality of product that has you wanting me so badly. I have yeah, to right. do it. I have to do it my way and allow me that artistic freedom. And I think that's the the probably the behind the scenes conversation that gets us these snippets and quotes that says, "Yeah, we're ready." And then ah, maybe we're gonna work on that a little bit, right? Uh, because you do you, the burden is to just try to get your story right, and and yeah. then the script story versus the movie version that are sometimes drastically different from page to screen mm. because of how uh, involved the process of movie making. So you, right. you want to be sure to make, make sure that everybody is literally on the right page first, and that's where the story is. So props to him for wanting to focus on the story. I don't, right. I don't, I don't care about any of the other gossip or any of the other things behind there. Um, I'm not beholden to, you got to give it to me now. Give it to me when you think it's ready and it's done and you're proud of it. That's it. Show it I to like me that, then. Rick. I like that, Rick, which I, I think leads us into maybe maybe the last point we, we've been going for a while and we want to be respectful of your time, Rick, but just thinking about um, it's been a week, almost a week, tomorrow will be a week since we got the season finale of Kenobi. Um, I, I, I really do. Sometimes it takes about a week for me to process and go, okay, wait a minute. Here's the things that I love. The things that stand out to me is like way to go Disney. That was fantastic. And it takes about a week for things to surface to go, hang on a second. I don't know if that makes sense or did we need that or, or what do we see? And, and I, I didn't get an opportunity to be a part of the uh, Kenobi show that we did last week. Uh, but, but I would say overall, I, I give the whole series a B plus a minus, you know, without even blinking or flinching. It was, you know, pre prequel 12 year old Nick was doing backflips the whole time that it was happening. Cause even McGregor was back and it was amazing. Uh, but I would be curious from you guys. Um, it's been a week removed. Has your thoughts changed from when you first started to now? Have they stayed the same? Have they intensified? And I will give one other caveat. I just started the Brotherhood book uh, that just was released kind of in incongruency with this. And first of all, if you're listening to this and you are contemplating Star Wars books, Go pick this one up. It is really, really good. And if anything, it took me from a B plus to an A minus on this show because you're getting the inner workings of what's going on in Obi-Wan's mind right after the Battle of Geonosis. And it is so freaking awesome uh, to be back in that world and doing that. But enough of me talking. I'm curious from you guys. Has your thoughts changed? Were there things that stuck out to you more as, man, that was awesome? Or, hey, why, why did we do this? I'll let you go, Rick, if you're uh, if you have your thoughts ready on it. Right on. Uh, I think 
it is, you know, if you're going to give it a, a grading point on an A to F scale, uh, is that for the shows? Is that across the entirety of all Star Wars? You know, there's a lot of grading scale adjustment sure. that you could hold as your criteria. Um, but I think the greater point that I would want to make sure everybody drafts from, from this is it is about your exposure to the entirety of the story. Mm -hmm. Because if you haven't seen the rest of the movies, your grade for just Obi-Wan might not be very good. Sure. If you've seen them all, it might also not be very good. It's, it's all how you tick the entirety of the whole story that you've seen to that point. Um, I think I watch, I watch most of them, so I get to avoid any spoilers. I watch them as they broadcast at night because I'm working usually till two or three in the morning. So, hey stop wrap everything up just before two put on the television the sound system out here and watch whatever the new star wars show is that week and sometimes marvel depending on how relevant or how risky the spoiler risk is right um and then uh i'll rewatch with my family you know later that day uh, or the next day whenever it's more convenient but i don't have to risk seeing anything in my social media work that I have to do now all this because you know spoilers are what they are and people live for that uh, to some degree uh, the ones that do uh, but we know somebody like that don't we D-Doc I think yeah. he's a regular yeah. co-host on this show <laughs> it's it's Alfie. all good I mean I just I try to avoid that uh, and there's ways that you can have your whole spoiler show but just don't put it right there in the the, the page the clip the thumbnail whatever it is just to try to be respectful of the people who are just trying to avoid it doing other things it's you know we're just trying to look around all of that um so I, I get this multiple viewings while they come out every week then i had the good opportunity of a friend of mine uh who had just recently contracted covid after the viewing so we dodged a bullet and got a chance to hang out together and watch the final episode together and this is my lifelong buddy. He had the whole, all the figures. He's got a bunch of brothers, Mr. Danny Lamore. And we got a chance to hang out together and watch the show. And, you know, you're in the presence of your friend and you got this epic tale that we should, we've done the same thing with Clone Wars. We get together, we watch these things as adults. It's, you know, it's my best friend from back in the day, my Star Wars buddy. Right. So, you know, we're both like... <laughs> yeah, watching the final episode because we have the connectivity that some people may or may not have specifically our affinity for the obi-wan character and or the anakin character like he he's all about some obi-wan i'm all about some anakin uh for different reasons and i love obi-wan and he loves anakin it's you know we love star wars every time we say something star wars three exclamation points all caps so a week later having all these like I've, you know, I've now watched each episode three times a week later so <laughs> it, it it's it sits well it's one of the better executed shows uh i do have parts that i prefer things that i may have done differently in a directing style or might want to see differently as a fan but there's some great uh emotional moments there uh, i love the loader bot uh you know i love uh the little little princess being a little fucking princess man uh, <laughs> and then being a little princess and then and then finally being princess leia uh and and being like all right that's in my heart now right um, but the bigger struggle during the fight i think that was 
man. And I've seen a version of that with, uh, with Ahsoka and Anakin in yeah. Rebels. Mm-hmm. So I was like, all right, well, they're going to do it live action. But I was like, oh, no, no, no. It's not just, oh, they're going to do it live action like you might think about The Lion King or something. This is just, I had to go back. I rewatched it with like the volume all the way up because just I could close my eyes and listen to that scene and be brought mm. to tears. I'm almost, I'm almost to that now because of the, the tragedy between those two friends. If you've ever had a friend, if you've ever had a falling out, if you've ever lost somebody, if you've ever lost yourself, right. all of that is in that scene's context. It's all there. The changing in the eye color, the, the rasp, the change from who's talking, and which mm. voice and all that. It's all there. And that's just in one episode. Uh, yeah. So, you know, it's, it's one of those things, man. Uh, you know, you'll get that. Check them. Check them. The real. Wow. You know, come on. It's, yeah. <laughs> if you know the characters and you love those characters, all right. you'll love stories about them. Uh, and you hope that they're taken care of and, and with pride and diligence to the story that you feel. But that's someone else's story. And I think we should all do well to remember that. And I think that's part of what Dave Filoni and that team does best is they, they remember whose story it is and they're trying to right. continue to tell that story because that's yeah. the one we all love. Uh, yeah, we could all tell great stories now that we've seen Star Wars, <laughs> you know, but sure, sure. You know, let's keep trying to tell that story. Uh, and yeah. it's multifaceted. There's plenty more than just the Skywalker saga. Sure, sure, sure. D-Doc, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, as I've let it settle in, I mean, yeah, there's there's bits and pieces I might not like, but I mean, I, I personally, like, just as Rick was saying, it's like, you know, my wife laughs at me, but she knows my love for Star Wars totally supports it. And it's like, you know, when that was coming on that night, I in my mind, I'm just like, I'm going to be sitting here crying in this freaking finale here. Hmm. And um, yeah, to me, when a show gives you that emotion, I know that it hits. And I think I had tears in my eyes three separate times in that finale, probably. Um, I thought Ewan's acting was at like uh, infinity levels when he was basically crying, looking at Anakin. And when Mm -hmm. he said, I'm sorry. Yeah. I was just like, Oh my God. And, you know, to me, this, to me, this just solidified even more Anakin, just looking at Darth Vader and being like, Holy shit, that is Anakin in there, you know, because Mm -hmm. you, you do see that, you know, pretty face of Hayden Christensen you're just like how could he become this you know like all the (laughs) way up until you know uh, yeah when you pull the helmet off and you see what he's become but I mean I just thought one of the most brilliant parts was just hearing that transition of Hayden's voice and Darth Vader mixing together and how choppy it was at certain points I mean I thought that was the like best thing they did Hayden, James show. Earl Jones, the distortion, the not yep. distortion. Yes. Uh, you know, it Without was, it was all those things. I think one of the biggest parts and I haven't heard, and this is part of why people have asked for, for me and I'm going to be like, all right, I'm going to go through and do my Kenobi series. We all just start there. Why not? Um, the thing that I pulled out of that was that the story that we always felt was a lie. And maybe so did Luke. It wasn't a lie. It's straight from his father's mouth. Hmm. Yeah. He, I uh, killed. Yep. I killed Anakin Skywalker. He and, betrayed and, as and much, murdered your father. Yeah. And as much as he's 
given Obi-Wan his closure that, that Obi-Wan desperately needs and vice versa. You know, they're hearing, they're getting what they need from each other. Anakin, who was, you know, Darth Vader's not going to let that stand. Uh, but it, he's, he's able to get through enough to, to give his friend what he needed too. So they, they do have their final moment there before their grand finale moment when he's not facing Anakin anymore. He's dealing with Darth Vader at that point. But I think that that moment, what I heard was the echo from a tent on Tatooine. It was like, nah, man, uh, Darth Vader killed your dad, man. Mm. Yeah, I think you're right yeah. on. I think, yes, me, I think that that scene, I've gone back and watched that a couple of times now. That will be, uh, I think that will live on as one of the greater Star Wars scenes. It, it was beautiful if you didn't have context. And then with the context of prequels, original trilogy, and sequel, seeing that the acting was so superb, the visuals were stunning, uh, and I thought the dialogue of how it was written, I think there were some choppy moments of dialogue throughout some of the show, <laughs> but I thought that, that how they wrote that was so intentional and so well thought out. It was, I mean, you knew that was coming, right? Like you knew the battle was coming with them at some point and to have that much anticipation and then deliver on it. I think it's truly stunning, amazing. And I think my only, uh, again, just observation, even, I don't even know if it's a critique. My only observation was I felt like once you had that moment, uh, I think there was a bit of like, okay, so how do we land the plane on this episode now? Like, like okay, we had this beautiful, amazing moment. Joe and I were texting back and forth a little bit um, yesterday and we were talking about, you know, he's asking me questions like, okay, where do we go with Reva from here? Right. So like she knows everything. And I, I thought you guys D doc did such a great job on the last episode of, you know, breaking down, you know, shot by shot by shot. Um, one of the questions that has surfaced with me while there's so much that was good. My, I love, I, I thought they did such a great job of retconning so many things from every different time period of Star Wars into the show, my question was, I guess, what was the hope and intent behind Reva and what we were trying to do with her character? And where are we trying to set her up moving forward? I felt like the ending was so clunky and funny to go like, okay, wait, I think it was episode five where she revealed that she's the youngling from there. And it just made me go like, you know, Joe raised the point in the text and just said like, and I think Steve Glosson talked about it last week, the idea of, so you want to get revenge on Vader and the way to do that is to kill other Jedi while we're doing it. Like it just, it felt a little confusing to me as far as like, wait, we have, we have all the trappings of this beautiful story that's going on. And it kind of goes full circle back to the beginning. We were talking about true villains Right. Like, I feel like there was so much potential with her character, like like first uh, order or not for what it fallen order. That's what I'm that's what I'm thinking of the Inquisitor, the, the ninth sister in that, even though she has this part where she kind of wavers at the end, is a bad character all the way through. And you're kind of scared of her. Like, you're like, man, I, you're like uh, uh, we're, we're going to have Drew Carpition on the show in a couple of weeks. That's the closest thing in live action I've seen to uh, Darth Zana from the from the Bane trilogy books of just like you're terrifying to me and awesome and I felt like uh even even the the young lady that played Reva I, I didn't think it was bad acting by any means I think it was probably writing that 
okay, like what are we actually trying to achieve with this character and what, what are we trying to do? Uh, like that's the one that has surfaced to me and maybe I'm alone in that, but that's the one that has come back and just gone, okay, what was the hope? Like, again, we're looking for bad characters. I'm trying to imagine a universe where even an injured, uh, you know, Maul or Grievous or anybody would get bested by Baru and Owen. I love that they tried to make them look cool, but you know what I'm saying? Like I was, I was just confused of, Hey, where are we going with this? And what are we trying to do? Well, that's like the wounded Kylo fight. Yes. You know, there's, there's a little bit of that. Like uh, you, you could argue that, but uh, the Reva character is interesting because the conversation I've seen online is, is that supposed to be Revan uh, reimagined in some sort of way? Will she wind up with, you know, the, going that route or they're just going to repurpose that storyline through her because mm. the name the name is similar mm. uh, i think i think if you're not as, as really close of a name just pick another name because it's, now if you are going to do revan you got reva and revan it's okay it's fine it's whatever um you got yoda and yaddle whatever yeah. <laughs> you know it's it's fine um but there there is a it's i think at the same matching your expectation uh with the grand inquisitor uh, of this uh, you know you do have in your mind what the inquisitors are supposed to be established either through the cartoons or through the games and that's a pretty high bar especially if you're talking about um the most recent game um with uh with the ninth sister so fantastic interpretation uh and you know what do you do? I think uh, to your point of her being close and what do you do? I think that that is specifically by design. I think there's no problem with that. That is solid as a rock because it is not only the worst punishment for a Jedi from a Sith, it is also the way of the Sith. You're, you're naturally supposed to kill me if you're better than me as my apprentice. Hmm. Bring it, young Jedi. I've turned you all the way. If you do, you just prove me right. Congratulations. Mm. You, you, are, you are what I thought you were and you hoped you weren't. You know, even, right. you know, there's no escape. You know, so it's, I, I love that, especially with the context of, of the, the first episode, you see the group of kids and then you see the storage unit and you're like, is that the kid from there? And, you know, we're in the whole canon. There are not, very many people of color represented yeah so when you see this young little girl you identify her and your your immediate is i wonder if it's i wonder if it's reva um and then seeing that play out later i have no problem with any of that i have no problem with the closeness my problem is like ah you should have been catching vader while he's pulling the doors off while he's busy busy forcing stick (laughs) him right then don't rear back just like yep put several holes in that dude immediately you know turn so, your helicopter blade on yeah, man. But, but that's all that's all we, we do that the movie's over and we don't have anything fun to watch you know so right. um i liked Rev, uh, reva as a character i like the actress that played her i don't have any problems with that uh, i didn't have really that many problems with ray uh it was the story that was being followed that was the issue and sure. i am curious to see what they do with her uh it's she's not a big priority on the timeline Mm-hmm. But that's part of that new group that you're establishing. Uh, right. And I think that's part of, if you look at the Marvel, the MCU kind of establishing, especially right now where you have all these 
well, there's this Miss Marvel, there's uh, America Chavez and uh, Multiverse of Madness. You know, you've got these seeds planted now of characters that you can involve in different ways later because now they're fully established. You know who they are, where you didn't at all before because they weren't. And for the general populace, that's Ahsoka as well now because she's now in live action. So mm -hmm. um, there's a lot of <laughs> who do you trust, especially with that information. Uh, it's that's risky business. I was like, yeah. why Raja look back at the thing he dropped or whatever and didn't go back and get it. I'm like, dude, I'm also like, man, bail. Use Come on, code. man. Use some code, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, dude. Yeah. Uh, but those are things you. You, you have to have those uh, mechanics in a film, you know, as right. a writer, as a, as a filmmaker. You want to try to not placate and, and you want to treat your art audience as a smart audience, but it is a global audience with Star Wars. So you've got to accept right. some of the silly chase stuff, but the slow chase. That, that that was a that was a PTSD moment for me from Holdo maneuvers and things like that. Um, right, where you you got a slow chase, like how can I? I can't speed up and get you. Uh, but it really, for me, it was the bobbling around on the one, and then you cut to the inside, and everybody's just sipping tea and being yeah, good, like, playing cards, know, and <laughs> think maybe they should have been like, all right, so yeah, this is gonna yeah. be. But you can't have a the conversation that they had if you do that. Right. So, you know, you have to decide which way you're going to go. So it's all of that's right. fine. You get to pick and choose how you might do it from the couch. But till you're there trying totally. to realize your vision with all of these parts moving until you have any version of experiencing that. I say, you know, just watch and enjoy. Totally. You know, totally. You know, I, and I wonder my, my my last little piece that came up just in the last week thinking of it is um, I felt like after that kenobi fight happened the like like the question that keeps coming to my mind is like how do we enter into new and what i mean by that is like uh, i i so loved this show for so many different reasons so good at the same point when reva was coming for uh owen and baru and luke in the back of my mind i go i know how this ends and i know that you know Neither of them are going to get killed because they get torched later. And, you know, Luke is not going to get killed because, you know, he goes on and does his thing and, and makes that happen. And I'm, I'm just wondering where the extent is where we continue to go back and we cannibalize the timeline and we add all these different things. And like, like I'm dreaming and hoping of the day that we can go beyond the sequels into uncharted, like, uh, Hey, I don't know how this is going to end up. It's like, a, like I, I so wish I could have been alive during the original trilogy when, uh, you know, Darth Vader says, no, I'm your father. And everybody gasps in the theater and goes, what? And then they sit and they got to wait for three years to figure that's out. That's why I don't have hair. It blew, blew it off. Like, See what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> but that's that was, because that's we're where moving I lost into it. new. Even Age like four. the new shows that are coming out, like Andor, like it's going to be awesome. I also know that there's a point and that comes gorgeous. It looks awesome, but I also know that he gets obliterated on um, <laughs> whatever planet. I, of course, I can't Scare. remember. Scare. Yeah, we, he gets, we knew he gets obliterated. We knew that uh, from the original trilogy, we already knew how Darth Vader became Darth Vader. He and Obi Wan fought. That's it, and I love it. And I think it's great. I'm curious. How do we get into a like? I, I 
I don't know. And, and I'm got to yeah, be careful what but, I'm asking yeah, for because I don't want to be the blown. Sith yeah. is like you, you may wish yourself out of that. Uh, we just, uh, yep. to your point, uh, now I know how Owen got his limp. Uh, I know where the T-16 model came from. Uh, you know, you don't need to know all the minutiae. You say, were you begging and going, man, I really wish I knew how Owen got his, how he got his limp. <laughs> you know, it's, it may not be the most important A tragic point, moisture farming accident. But, that... but the attention to detail and showing yeah. that uh, is, is interesting. Uh, I do want to see, like, that's part of why I wanted to see um, the, the squadrons kind of set up because mm -hmm. you get, all right, I got, now I get this group of people I'm you don't have to be uh did you guys watch uh was it resistance the uh, animated yeah. No. yeah dude great show yeah you got a bunch of kids random characters some of those I grew to really love over the show I just tuned into because I liked the style because I thought it was like Tron Uprising which is a great yeah. show if you haven't <laughs> seen Tron Uprising man you're missing out voice acting is superb um but that's got a great unique line of whole, all the characters in there are brand new uh, yeah. Similar to Rebels, they were like, "All right, we're gonna hear some, and we're gonna bring in some later on that are that are more legacy characters." But even those aren't the main until you do bring in Vader or something. Right. Um, I think there's plenty of room for it, uh, even if you just pick up and run. I this is what I was hoping for of uh, Boba Fett. I wanted to see some of the homies come in. I love Black Crescenton. I love seeing, you know, some of the elements that were there to play. But I'm like, man, if somebody's going to hire some people, it would have been great to have seen more of these cats just show up. Because then again, right. there's more seed planting. You don't need every Easter egg. But if you're going to pick up and run with something, Hondo Onaka is a great place to start because there's you talk about pirates and space. It doesn't have to all be lightsabers in space you know there's plenty of good stories that i've thought of that mm. you know i've seen in different episodes that are standalones you might feel like are filler episodes uh but show some right. of that you know i'm fine with even watching kids get their crystals you know that was one of the most captivating episodes watching you know that some of cool. those little uh younglings go out and try to sort their way as padawans and find their crystals that especially if you got a kid that mm -hmm. changes the, the whole perspective and who your market is. So right. you can have what I expect and hope from Andor, which is this great character. How did he get? Yeah, you know what happens to him or whatever, but uh, he's got plenty of life. It's like James Bond. Yeah, well, uh, we just keep changing out. People keep making James Bond movies and, you know, or whatever, Mission Impossible. You can pick any franchise, but there's there's good territory out there in the universe as explained already that could be mm -hmm. done and same thing back in time you want to go back to the old republic yeah like hey let's let you plenty of lightsabers back there so <laughs> plenty <laughs> yeah. of lightsabers i like that that's good hey we, we've been going for a long time rick so appreciate you being on the show and doing it but just would be curious on any closing thoughts d do you got any closing thoughts for us no, I mean, I, I, I enjoyed talking to Rick here. I mean, I went on a crash course looking at some of his uh, stuff he's done and I'll, Rick, I'll be following you from now on. I mean, I wasn't, I could not make it to the IC because I was having a baby right around that time and I could not uh, 
you know, the risk was there that I could go and she could have the baby while I was in Nashville. I'm in Philly. So I did not have Selfish. the pleasure of meeting you there. Yeah, I know. A smart decision <laughs> on your part. Way your, smart. Yeah. Your relationship well, was, remains intact. Good job. She was having contractions around that time, but then we didn't have the baby till like two weeks later. So I definitely could have went, but we made the right call there. So everything good. is good. But um, no, I mean, I'll, I'll be following you. I appreciate having you on. And I mean, we'll love to have you on again in the future. And when you, when you are directing something for Star Wars, just remember us, all right? You got to come back after you direct something for Star Wars. You, you know go. it. Yeah, that's the, that's the whole point. Uh, that is how we get by. It's a family that we create making movies and the fan base are our extended family that help us be able to make movies. So it's this symbiotic relationship that works together. I'm on one side of the camera right now, one side of the fence, and I hope to be on the other side to help give this side what we want. Uh, that, that's yeah, really, right. we, we love it. And we're trying to be good stewards of the franchise. And, you know, hopefully one day, you know, I've, I've had a good success and I want to make sure everybody uh, that hears this knows that you can do anything that you want. I, they were locking me up for doing the thing and I just kept, kept doing it they say get a real job i just kept doing it following what i loved and i've got a couple of movies out there already that are our movies that we made we came up with the stories they could be loved and cherished by generations later on or whatever but we're doing it we're living our dream and so if i could have done that it seems like just as easy to be able to get into something similar already come on mm -hmm. Let's do it. So you can do it, whatever it is. Don't let them tell you you can't do it. You can do it. Yeah, that's awesome, Rick. Well, Rick, thank you so much for jumping on with us tonight. Again, everybody go follow Rick at Rick Prince on Instagram, on Twitter. Uh, and as always, if you're not following us on social media already, follow us on Twitter at Rule the Galaxy SW. Um, we're also on Instagram at Rule the Galaxy SW. You can email us questions. Please email us questions. We'd love to answer those. Um, if you heard something tonight, you're like, Nick, man, Nick is full of crap about the Kenobi series and we need to call him and inflict some justice on it. Send us an email at rule the galaxy SW at gmail.com. I get that right. D doc. Yep. Got it. Okay. And we're on TikTok, D doc. Yeah. Right on. I'll uh, follow you guys back. I've got it on, uh, uh, some of the socials, but I haven't jumped over to TikTok yet. So I have to yeah. DDoc is a well. TikTok maniac. Man, I just, actually did just share prop making wise. I did make some yes. lightsaber uh, hilts Ooh. that I just uh, shared on there. I I'm a plumber, nice. so I uh, I made a little. I made a couple uh, lightsaber hilts out of uh, plumbing parts recently, and uh, those look awesome. Yeah, I'll definitely have to follow I, uh, you guys up. With. That one does look like it could be straight out of Fallen Order. The uh, the, the brass one? one or the copper one? Yeah. This one, I pretty much was just like Darth Maul, but like almost like Old Republic style. And this yeah. is literally made out of any drain in your bathroom you would have. That's all that this is made <laughs> out of. This is the That's part awesome. where your little sink would pop up and close it if anybody's watching us on YouTube. And then this other one was just literally me just grabbing random scrap copper pieces I had and soldering them together. And then I thought the top kind of looked like Darth Maul's horns a little bit. And yeah, those are the random things that we share on our TikTok and clips from the podcast and all that fun stuff. So I, I love it. We have a little bit of a fan base on there that we're growing too. So it's cool. It's fun. Yeah. Where can we, where can they follow us on that? 
we're just rule the galaxy podcast uh one word on uh or you know there might be some underscores but if you looked up rule the galaxy podcast you'll find us on there it's killer well guys thanks so much for another great show seriously so fun to get on and always talk star wars uh until next time friends may the force be with you